What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Future Elites Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Raj, and on my left, we got... What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Coach Parts is here, back at it again with another lovely episode of Future Elites Podcast. And then on my right, we got... What's good, guys? I uh, hope you guys are having a good morning, good afternoon, or good night, whenever you guys are watching this. And today we have an episode where normally we talk about people from the United States going, trying to go professional out of the United States. Today we have a gentleman here who is trying to go professional, but is from the UK and is playing in the United States. And his name is Jago Lots. Um, I'll give you a little stats about him. He plays at UMBC. Um, I would say his sophomore year, if I'm not wrong, you had five assists and two goals. Yes, and sir. In your junior year, you had six assists and uh, one goal. Yes, sir. And so mm-hmm. tell us. A playmaker he is. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is not a quite. He's a CDM too, so he he's a little physical. You can see. but uh tell us in a few words a little bit about yourself uh yeah so i'm from the uk um as you mentioned um i came over i was in the academies of southampton and bristol city i did a scholarship uh at um bristol city which is like full time um and i was kind of getting paid as like an internship and then i got released in 2020 and i was gonna look for professional teams um, in the UK, but then COVID hit, um, so I couldn't go on trial anywhere. And then um, an agency hit me up and said, well, about going to America. And so I, I took that opportunity and I, two and a half years later, I'm here. Played three seasons now over here and played USL two, three times. Um, or two times going into my third this summer. So, yeah, basically that's that's been my journey so far. And um just looking forward to talking it through with you guys today. Yeah, but uh, I was doing my research about you, and from a young age, like soccer was like your thing. Like you were always playing soccer. You were like doing like juggling. You were doing all that. Like what influenced that? Like the love of soccer. Uh, to be fair, the first year that I played. Like, everyone in the UK kind of starts playing it. Like, when I was five or four, my parents took me along and they were like, you know, you, they wanted me to be active. And that was that was, that was was the inspiration. They just wanted to be, me to be active. And for the first year, I didn't like it. Um, but my parents wanted me to be active, so they would take me. Um, and then it was kind of what my friends did. So then I got into it because it was what my friends did. And then um, I got into the kind of regional area for Southampton uh, Mm -hmm. Academy and I was kind of trialing there and I met a coach who was like um, I kind of decided that I wanted to be a pro at this point but this coach was like okay if you want to be a pro you have to do a thousand hours of practice every year so 10,000 hours of practice um, and you'll be a pro that's how to become elite Um, and I took that as gospel and ran with that every day before school I'd be out, wake up at 6.30 and be outside doing kick-ups and stuff. And from there, really, it's just the love and kind of the opportunities that it's given me has made me fall more in love with it. Um, so I would you, say that, yeah. Did you ask that que- ask a question from your coach, like, what do you want me to practice during those thousand hours? Or do you just take it as is and I'm just going to work on everything? Yeah, so his thing was... You shouldn't be able, you're not going to be a pro unless you can do a thousand kickups. He was like, that's, you have to master that. You know, it, it doesn't really transfer into um, the game particularly, but he was like, you know, before you're 10, you should try and do a thousand kickups. So that was like, he got it before he was 10. And I was like, I'm going to get it before I'm 10. Yeah. And I did. And I'd practice every day. And, and it by kind kick-ups. of talks. And by kickups, I just want to make sure the American audience know yeah. juggling. So, juggling. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, keep saying kickups. I just want to make sure they understand that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, so he was like on at me and um, I'd go out before school and I'd practice um, and I got it and it kind of taught me, okay, I enjoy the process of learning and the process of practicing. Um, and then I took it, you know, he would say, okay, you need to work on this, you need to work on that. And then other coaches would be like other things and I just kind of took it from there and did my own research. On I did all my practice basically by myself. Um, I grew up in like a small village, so there wasn't anyone to do it with. And I spent a lot of time kicking a ball against the wall. And it it, it helped a lot. And you said you got into Southampton when you were nine, ten? So I got into the pre-trialing. like trialing. Mm -hmm. I started there when I was nine and then got signed when I was 12. On my 12th birthday, I signed there. Um Oh, no, wait. Sorry, I got confused. I got signed when I was 10. Yeah. And then I got released when I was 12. On your um, birthday? No, I didn't get released on my birthday, but I got signed on my birthday when I was 10. And then um, got released when I was 12 and then went straight to Bristol City uh, under 13. Bristol City is like a championship club um, uh, and a really good academy, actually. And I stayed there till I was 18. So talk to and, us uh, about the village. I want to know more so about the lifestyle over there. Um, obviously, here in America, at least where we live, that idea is kind of like fading away. You know, it, everything's become so much more modernized. And I want to talk. I want you to talk to me about like what was the lifestyle then in the village, and how are you living? Yeah, so um, it's countryside. It's not too far from. The nearest city was Bristol, was my nearest city, and that's about 45 minutes. Um, but it definitely felt like kind of worlds away from that. It's cows and green grass and fields and stuff like that. And um, there was a pitch that um, was really close to my house, a field, sorry, um, which was really close to my house. And I would walk up there. And I, and I actually was fortunate enough to have quite a big garden um, or yard. And... Uh, I would go and my dad bought me some goals, some small little goals, and I would practice there in my garden. Um, I went to a small school and everyone played rugby at my school, so there wasn't really any footballers there. Um, but everyone, I just knew it was what I wanted to do and I dedicated a lot of time to it. Um, and I don't regret it at all. It's the best thing I've done. So what age did you uh decide that? Like eight, nine, you're like, I just want to go all out. I would probably say six, probably. Six. Six. You were yeah, six and you said, I'm going to go pro. Yeah, yeah. And, and what, then once you said that, like, behind it? Yeah. Say again. say again, sorry. What was the reason behind it? Um, At that age, I think... I just watched people on TV like Steven Gerrard and I was like, I just want to be that. Why would I not want to, why would I want to, I would look to like my dad and other people and I was like, why would I want to sit at a desk when I could just go and play football and get paid for it? And you had that like, mindset at an age of six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I don't think kids at an age of six would have any idea of like oh people get paid at a desk or difference between jobs and all that so that's very interesting yeah i think i, I was really aware of it i'm not really yeah. sure why but i was really aware wow. that at a certain age i was going to have to join the rat race or not join the rat race and and i was i always knew that i didn't want to um mm -hmm. and i wanted to do something i really enjoyed and that's definitely stuck with me and um, tell me a little bit about how, like, the academy life is. Like, when you're in an academy, like, what was the process you had to So, I didn't live near Southampton. Um, it was kind of, they had, like, a satellite program because Southampton's um, coastal. So, their scouting area is cut off because they have the sea there. So, they, the FA allowed them to make another satellite program um up near near where i live in bath um and i would go to there and then i would 
train there all week and then play games in Southampton. Um, so do it was. Mind, do you mind explaining what um, a satellite program is? So it was like, um, I'm trying to think how to explain it. It was basically because Southampton was coastal, they couldn't recruit. They couldn't recruit. They could only recruit one way. And so their their scouting pool was kind of cut off at that age. So they they said to the FA, which is, well, I assume you know the FA. Yeah. Um, they said, can we create another program and 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 recruit from from further away? But right. So, okay. Gotcha. Because yeah, the driving way it would it was not possible for other exactly. people from other places to get to okay to South. Yeah. Exactly. So I I lived two hours away from Southampton. So I couldn't go and train there every evening after school. Um, so they had another program, which was only 20 minutes, 30 minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. And I would train there during the week. And then I would, then my parents would drive or they would give me a bus and they would drive me to Southampton and I'd play games or, or even further. Um, so I was kind of training with a different group of lads to who I was playing with. So that was, that was a difficult dynamic. Yeah. Um and also from the it's very flawed in a lot of ways, the academy system, because from like the age of nine, you're kind of drilled in like like what you said about me when I was six, wanting to be a professional, at nine it kind of becomes okay, this is what you have to do to be a professional. It's not about enjoying yeah. it anymore. It's about like you need to you need to do this, 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 this if you want to be a pro. And they kind of drill you and that and that can take the love um from it because they just do that way too early and they make like starting lineups way too early when really you just need to be focusing on development. Um yeah. So I I definitely experienced that from a young age. Like people putting immense pressure on you to perform. What and type that was of it. pressure was it? Was it like thousand hours of practice or was it like more? Yeah, I mean I didn't mind that that it was kind of they would say okay you need to practice but I, I i knew that that's what you had to do but it was kind of more the like getting onto you if you made mistakes and, and yeah and and kind of name calling and sort and of bullying from coaches wow bullying from coaches interesting kind of military base kind of like yeah oh definitely yeah yeah i mean to be fair there was probably one coach um, especially that I had that when I was 12 who should not have been with 12-year-olds because he should have been coaching, Older. you know, 18, 21-year-olds because that's, that's how he talked to us. And, yeah. you know, when you're 12, you're not ready for that. Right. Um, so that's the beauty of coaches that can adapt to different age groups, that would yeah. become rare pieces. So tell me about your, your 10, 11 at that time, right? Yeah. What went through your mind when you were hearing those, you know, words from the those coaches and the way they were interacting with you? Like, how are you feeling? How did you feel about those moments? Do you have any memories? Mm. Yeah, I mean, extreme nervousness, basically. I would just be so nervous on the field, um, not wanting to make a mistake because that's kind of the philosophy that he, as he this one specific coach created, um, and I would train really well in Bath in the, in the satellite program and then go in the games and be so nervous. Um, and that kind of probably led to my release because I was playing very within myself. And do you, were there any other players in that academy in Southampton that flourished from the, that type of coaching? Did you see anyone that like was average but then? As they started training with Southampton, they. Um, I would say actually, our age group was really good, and it should have done better than it has done. There's, there's a few players now that are pro, um, but the age group was too good. It should have it should have made more pros, and I, I actually do think that putting that pressure on at that age kind of took the love from a lot of people. Yeah. No, it is tough. I feel yeah. like at that age, you just have to, like, have fun and play within the game, you know. So how did you deal with that? 
Did you? I have. I have a really good family. I come from a really good family, um, and I never had any pressure from my family. Um, they wanted me to be active, as I said, but there was never any pressure <laughs> to, like, you know, you don't have to play well. It's it's not about that. You're just our son, and just do it if you enjoy it. Right. And I'm really I'm really grateful to that because if I had the pressure coming from both sides, then I probably would have just stopped playing because it, it was just like it's not enjoyable. Yeah. You ask them for advice, like hey, like did you talk to them about this situation? Um, I don't. I don't think I did. I I probably should have done, but I think <laughs> I'm quite. I want to solve it on my own yeah. sort of attitude. And even to be fair, even at that age, I wanted to solve it on my own. Um, and I wanted, I wanted to make them proud, even though they never made me like, okay, you have to do this to make us proud. But it was, I don't think I did go to them really and ask too much advice. Interesting. And how did you deal with your, the release like being released from Southampton how did you deal with that uh that was very difficult um I kind of my dad told me they called my dad and told my dad at that age and I just remember feeling really confused um kind of like the next day waking up and being like watching motivational videos to get out of bed um, and then going to school. And I kind of tied like my social, my socially at school, everyone knew me as an academy player at Southampton. And then that like one day had gone and then that was difficult as well. Did you, um, would you say during that time you did feel depression um Did you label it as that or was it not as severe I label it as depression the only reason I'm asking that because you said like you had to have a motivation or a reason to get up like you didn't get up yeah self I mean because I think possibly now that I think about it because I'd always had so much purpose and then now like even from that young age, I'd had so much purpose because I kind of had always been around elite sport. And then it was like, okay, well, now I'm not around elite sport. Um, but my parents were really good and they kind of didn't rush me, but found something. I quite fairly quickly found another club um, and it was like a regional club. It wasn't an academy straight away. It was like a regional team. So I guess like playing for Maryland or something like that, it would kind of be similar to that. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like with a much better coach. It was much more about like, let's go to enjoy it and kind of the rounded experience. And I went on, I went on tour to Sweden um, and I played over there and it was like the best thing that happened because I, I was playing well, I was enjoying it. And Talk to me about that. What was the experience over there in Sweden? Um, so I've been there. It's in the Gothia Cup. Um, it's like the Youth World Cup, and they get teams from all around the world. Um, yeah. It's not like it's not actually right, right, right. the teams, but yeah. Um, and that was like I've been there three times, and it's it's like the best thing ever. They fill out a huge stadium for the um, opening ceremony, and there's people from all around the world and stuff. And it was kind of like stuff like that. Yeah, we heard about me that. fall in love with it. Yeah, is it is it because I want to go? Was it only the experience of the the world coming and all that, or was it were the coaches different? Were the coaches? Yeah, totally different. The players were different. Um, at, in academies, you're on one year contracts, so mm. you you're kind of every year you're on trial basically to keep your contract. Wow. But at this regional place, it was more of a team. And it was like team led, not like me, me, me. Um, so it was like the best thing. But then I did end up after that tournament, I then got scouted and went into another academy. After that tournament? Not, not straight after that tournament, because I've been saying no 
my dad was like, we don't want it for him and for me. He knew what was best for me. And he was like, Jago doesn't want to go straight into another academy. And kind of like, he's, he tells me now that when I got released from Southampton, the next day he had calls from academies all around the country telling me to come. And my dad was like, just go away. Like, we're not doing it now. Yeah, and so you then, were not at the right state of mind at that time, yeah. Yeah, no, totally not. So then once I'd had a bit of enjoyment and stuff like that, then he was like, okay, I'll start picking up the phone and we can go and see these places. And, and that's what we did. Very interesting, though. That yeah, I like as soon as you got released, there are other teams ready. That they knew on call to get. That's very interesting. Yeah. I yeah. like what your dad did there. But like your dad, I feel like it's like, that person that is like looking from afar and it's like, all right, his emotions, like, yes, he's going through all this and his emotions are like this. I'm not just going to throw him in this again, right? Just yeah. him destroy it. And then when he gets the love back again, he's free and he's playing with, he's not in his head anymore. Mm-hmm. Now we can go again. I, I like that. Oh, big, big props to yeah. you, for sure. That's very good. Yeah. So, that. and now we go to like coming to America. Right during the COVID years too. So like, how was that transition? Um, so I I got released from Bristol, um, and then I kind of got contact by this agency and came over here. I got released in like May, so there's not very much time to join the team in America to start in the fall, mm-hmm. to like to start in August. It was like kind of a really fast process. Um, so I took the first, basically the first offer that I could get because I just, it was the only offer because it wasn't much time and it was COVID. Um, and I came over and it was like, everyone was in the house. I didn't meet anyone. I went straight, in, I, I got here and went straight into quarantine for a week and then didn't, we kind of lived as a team and didn't see really see anyone else like out of the team. Yeah. We totally lived in a bubble for like it, basically a year, really. I didn't really meet anyone else, mm. um, which was like weird, basically. I'd come to a new country, but wasn't really seeing the new country. Um, <laughs> and yeah. then... Sorry, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but then fast, kind of now, things are opening up more. Um, and... I'm loving it here. I, I there's loads of opportunity. I'm playing a lot. It's good standard. Um, I wouldn't say it's all perfect, but like, it's it's overall I've had a really good experience here. So Maryland sure. was the first choice, yeah. Yeah. See, okay, okay. And what what was going through your mind? Because you you came here by yourself, right? Yeah. So and it was the first time kind of being away from the family, or have you experienced that before? I mean, I've I've done these tours, yes. um, like to Sweden and stuff, and I went by myself on that. But this one was like, well, I'm moving my whole life. Right. Yeah. Like so my how, life. How, how did you feel? How were you, what were you going through during those times, especially in COVID? Yeah, I mean, I missed I missed my family a lot. I'm as as you can tell, they they've been really amazing for me and looked after me like my dad and I missed him a lot. Um what's, but, what's your dad's name? Jamie. Shout out to Jamie. Jamie yeah. amazing yeah. brother. Yeah. Shout out, yeah. Um but I I knew I wanted to experience a new culture and experience like put myself in difficult positions. Um and I knew I was making them proud doing that. So that was what was kind of driving me. But I, I, I would call them every day in COVID, definitely. Like the first year I was here, I would pretty much call them every day because it was I wasn't meeting anyone else. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's your, your team. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, um, I guess, the mentality, like from what we've talked about, your mentality from when you were a young kid, like that's what's prepared you for this kind of journey because yeah. you, like, you understood as a young kid to, uh, at six that I want to make this journey I want to be a professional player and at nine you're like this is the work I have to you understood this is what the work I have to put in 
So you have to like that understanding is putting you through this journey. So like it's like I have to go somewhere else to to make that goal happen, make that dream happen. All right, let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the yeah. end is the end goal that's important, right? And the journey is just what builds you to be who you are at the end, you know? Definitely. Like, how is like the, the team, like the team, like when you went in there, because the first thing you had to do was like bond with the team, be with the team for a whole year. So like how's the chemistry? How like how do you guys push each other to be good? That was kind of the best thing, to be honest. Like, as I say, coming from academy where it's kind of very me-driven, I got here and the focus was like us. We're like, you know, how Americans, like we're brothers and we're we're in it together. And I was like a completely different dynamic. And it was amazing. It was the first time I'd experienced kind of a real team and a real like togetherness. Right. Um. So that that I like couldn't be thankful enough for that because that was definitely the best part of coming here. To be honest, was coming in with the team and the standard was good. And, yeah, I feel like um also like if I feel like the idea here is like if your team is winning, right, more eyes mm-hmm. are gonna be on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why is this team doing so good? Like. It's now the players actually stand out. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, like, talk about the some of the USL teams you play for and how that system is, like, from college to the mm. USL too. How's that? So I, so I got here and I, I kind of knew about the summer league thing, um, and I kind of did more research, and they said. The, the the research that comes back is that 70% of players that get drafted into the MLS play USL 2, which is like the summer league um, when you're out of college. So I was like, okay, well, I need to do that. And I wanted I wanted to do that. I wanted to travel. So I wanted to do that as well as play as well to help me get drafted. Um, so the first year we played a spring season because of COVID and it was like condensed. It was only seven or eight games and I didn't have any real footage to send out to USL two teams. So I, sorry. So I went, I got a friend's car and I drove down to Virginia beach and I trialed for a team there and I got in and I played the summer in Virginia beach the first year. Um, And then that's kind of like a, we played teams in Tennessee, West Virginia, North Carolina. Um, and it was just like a, basically a, a same schedule pretty much as a college season, like 17 games, pretty condensed training, stuff like that. And, but they pay for your housing. Yeah. Um, and some, some of them give you food, but they, they just paid for our housing. So it's like, for me, it was a no brainer. I got to meet loads of people and play yeah. and, and they paid for it pretty much. So I did that. Yeah. And then they... You <laughs> get to also play with like um different divisions too, different different division players. That's what I like yeah. about when I was in when I was playing division two, um some of my players were playing in the USL two. I wanted to come play for the one here in Virginia, but it's kind of complicated. But yeah, yeah. it's competitive. It's really competitive. Yeah. But what I want to know is like, is it like a cup? Do you guys play for a cup? Is it like a tournament or something like that? It's like a league. You do the regional league, and then it goes into a postseason. Um, kind of the American sort of format, like mm-hmm. regional conference, and then um, winners of the conference play winners of the other conference, and it goes into a postseason. So, yeah. so that's like the whole summer. Yeah, but. It's difficult for college for me, basically. I can only really play the regular season and then I've got to go back to college. So that's what I've done both both years. Do you also play with some um reserve, like professional players? Yeah. Yeah. Last summer I was in Texas and I played with like Nisa, um kind of yeah, old professional players. There was a guy from 
who played pro in like Costa Rica or something. It's a really like there's some characters in USL two and some crazy people. What <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. the reason I was asking this question is so that like the people that go into like college or want to play in college and stuff, like yeah, have know about these opportunities too, right? People yeah. really know about it when they go in until they are in there. Like if you know about it now, it's like all right. Now there's something if I want to make the draft, this is something I can do to like make that yeah. possible. Yeah, so it's a real mix of people because of that, with like different motivations for doing it. Um and I think you said to elaborate as well on the crazy people and it was like the some some of the some of the people are just crazy. They're just like <laughs> The differences in personalities in the team is just like amazing because everyone's from all different places. I've played with like Caribbeans, South Americans, South Africans, you know, and because of all that different cultures, it's just like madness, but it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> did it help or did it not with the chemistry? Not at all. Uh, I would say the first year in Virginia Beach. Um, it was there was it was some of the Caribbeans were there was one one guy from Trinidad and I just couldn't understand him and he would just get mad at everyone and just I just couldn't make out a word that he was saying and then that would make him even more mad. Um, <laughs> so uh, it was fine though. It like that's why I wanted to do it to meet different people. So I'd say yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so <he was> there. <laughs> but how how have you been getting prepared for your um upcoming year? Um, I've kind of I've done a lot of training by myself. Uh, I came back. My girlfriend's here, so I I went home over uh winter break for about three and a half weeks, and then I came back. I'm living on campus, um, which means I can go to the field every day, yeah. and go to. At the gym, like go to the weight room every day. Um, so for me, it's been a lot of individual practice before spring, um, season, and then I, we play a spring season now, which is a kind of a weird, mostly training and like five games, and then I'm going to um, I'm going to play in the summer season in Utah this summer, so in Salt Lake City. So nice, nice. getting ready for that, yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to ask you, like, can you elaborate, like, in college, like, how it is in college, like, the soccer system, like, basically, like, getting up in the morning, going to the gym, all that, like, can you, like, kind of elaborate how that is in college? Yeah, so, um, it kind of depends on if you're in fall or if you're in spring. Um, in fall, it's a season. Um, and it's very intense and you've also got classes. So it, my day would kind of work by waking up, doing whatever homework, going to class. What time go, usually do you wake up and fall? Usually like eight o'clock. I'm, I'm pretty difficult in the morning. Um, so I'm not waking up super early, but like eight o'clock I try to wake up and basically I have to be on the go from then on. Um, and it would be like classes sorry and then practice and then um usually have late pra practice late late classes as well because our practice schedule takes up like four hours of the day and that's usually when classes are so you have to have them before or after so i have a lot of classes that end at like 9 30 p.m and then come back and do homework um so it's kind of like a in in the full season we're traveling loads and it, it can be very draining um, in that way because we're playing lots and lots of games and practicing and it's that's the full focus, but you still have to do school. You can't like leave school, otherwise you won't be eligible. Um, and so and your, I enjoy it. Yeah, what's your advice on that as far as like, let's say new players, new younger players than you are joining the college uh, programs in soccer? What is your advice to handle these situations a little bit better? Yeah. 
Um, for me, I would say you you you're an you are a student as well. Whether you like it or not, you are a student as well. So for me, I'm super disorganized. Um, but I had to do like naturally, I'm super disorganized. But I've had to like put loads of measures in to be organized and put. I made a calendar with all my classes and all my homeworks and practice and stuff like that. And I, I just have to stick to that. And I would totally recommend doing that. Um, you, you, you and, and sticking to it because you're going to have a lot going on and you need to divide your time. Otherwise you're not going to do, like you're trying to do two things well. And if, if you don't divide your time, you're just going to do two things badly. No, 100%, um, yeah. That's so basically kind of like your personal assistance, the calendar. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. This is what's coming up. This is what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because girls are usually very organized. I was going to say, do you ask your girlfriend to help you out? But she's over like in England, right? No, she's here. She's, oh, she's, she's here. Okay. in the US. Yeah, I yeah, I do. Um but she's a bio major, so she's working oh, out. She she's got a lot on her <laughs> plate. Never mind. She needs her own assistance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. No, that's good advice, though. I really, I really appreciate you for that. Um, mm. I know a lot of players, a lot of people would take advantage of that advice, especially preparing themselves for that moment, because it's better to be prepared rather than getting there and then like, oh my god, how am I going to manage all these? um tasks that's good yeah i think Dimitri. yes i'm sorry yeah i got i got one thing what so when you were coming here and you decided to come to the u.s was your end goal to be like i want to get into the mls after college or yeah so that so definitely um i kind of had separate goals and I, I wanted to come here and meet new people and travel and i wanted to get drafted um and if I wasn't going to get drafted, then I was going to get a degree, and that was like, okay, well, it's a great system, I think, in that way because you can be treated like a professional in college. You can have all the facilities that a professional would have, um, and you can spend that time to network and build your resume in terms of football and. You ca there is a system there to get drafted and play professional, but if it doesn't happen, you get a degree. So, for me, I love that system. I wish yeah. we had it in the UK. Yeah. So then, yeah. did you ever think afterwards, like, if you don't get drafted, are you gonna try trialing for going back overseas in the UK or anything like that, or was it maybe just, I'm just gonna keep the degree and work something with that? Possibly. Um, I'm I'm really interested in sports psychology as well, so I think I'll continue with that and continue playing um, here if it doesn't work out. But I'd love it to work out. I'd yeah, love to do that. Yeah, yeah it will we're work gonna, out. We're gonna keep it on the positive side for sure. But yeah. that, that's something good to keep in mind as far as far as like, all right, if drafting doesn't go the way we want it to, where's the next place? You know, like. Mm. Are you still in touch with your agents and the agencies around the, you know, how they got you into the... Yeah, year? yeah. Um, so, I, there, there's there's loads of options here. Um, drafting's not the end of the world. We My teammate was the highest point scorer um, in, the, in college this season, in the regular season. So he was getting low, he was getting a goal and assist every game pretty much. And he didn't get drafted. Um, somehow he didn't get drafted, but he didn't. And he's he's there's politics behind that too, you know. There are oh, there's so much politics. There's so much politics. Um, but then he he's worked really hard and kind of found he's gonna do preseason at Charlotte. Um and so he's there's loads of other options if you don't get drafted to trial for teams. Um, you put in your resume. Yeah, that's why a network's so important, and that would probably be my other piece of advice: is like use the four years to to network Meet as many people. Yeah, would you Meet as many would people? You say is let's say give me three main categories that 
young athletes, young soccer players, college or even younger, that need to network with? So three categories. Who do you think they should be networking with? Well, you need to make a good impression to your coaches and to the people you meet. So, like, you're going to face a lot of transitions in your career. Um, like, for me, I've been released twice. I've come to college and I've looked for a summer team three years now. So I've been, there's a lot of transitions there. And that means you're meeting a lot of coaches and you always got to make sure that you're coming across well to all those coaches because they, they will help you. They will help you. And they have their own network too. 100%. Um, and then the second one would be, you need to be on LinkedIn. I think, I think it's, it's gold dust for finding agents and finding agencies finding clubs, um, you need a LinkedIn, I think. Maybe not when you're super young, but at 18, I think you should probably make a LinkedIn. If you're not with an agent, you will find an agent on there. If you post regularly and you you talk about your goals, you, you'll find an agent on LinkedIn for sure. Um, and then a third. I like, uh, before you get to the third, I love what you just said talking about your goals talking about yeah. what you want to achieve because the more you let it out there not like the the super super ones that is you know private to you but the yeah. ones that you want like you said agents to know to get you there coaches to know so that's very important as well yeah yeah and people buy into them people like people who are ambitious so 100%. show your ambitions definitely um and then i guess maybe a uh, last one for networking would probably <laughs> it sounds basic but one thing that elite sport has taught me um is that it's, it teaches you to respect people um like older people and people that are like in the hierarchy like your coaches and stuff like that and to like look them in the eye and shake their hand properly and that like i think is it has a bigger it's had a big effect on me because i've learned um, I've learned how important that is. So I would say it's, it sounds pretty basic for uh, young people to have, but actually looking someone in the eye when they're talking to you and shaking their hand, it might not have anything. It's like none of these things have anything to do with football, but people remember you if you do those things. Not a not a networking category, but it is a very important way to yeah stand out a little more your yeah. handshake how firm is it and how also yeah. eye contact with 100 agree with you cool yeah yeah all right so this is i'll say this is the episode with us getting to know you and i feel like we've gotten a little deeper getting to know you and for sure some germs from this that something we do after every episode uh, we call it the fiery questions, and we are we gonna ask you five questions. You ask it, you answer it, like a few words, what pops into your head. Right. Okay. Uh, first question: If you're deserted in an island, uh, if you're deserted in an island, what will be one food you would choose? You can only eat that forever. Only. <laughs> um. Probably fajitas. Fajitas. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Of many culture. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite childhood memory? Um, Maybe from the village. From the village. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite childhood memory. Probably, probably when I find signed my first contract at Southampton, probably on my birthday. On your birthday, yeah. That, that was yeah. a very good birthday present. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> I was signing. What is one thing you wish all coaches start doing more with their players? Um, being honest and not leading them along. What do you mean, Ted? Like not saying, oh yeah, you're doing really well. You're doing really well, and then never playing them or never talking to them. Like if you, if you're not happy with someone, then tell them. It doesn't need to be harsh, but you could 
you could help them to be better yeah. rather than just leading them along. Giving them a false reality. Yep. This, this one is a little, I feel like it's a little deeper. What's one thing you want people to remember you for after you go? Uh, just being a, a good person, probably like that I'm helping people and like enthusiastic for that. So it'd probably what be that. You, what do you mean by a good person? <laughs> I do <agree with> <laughs> <laughs> um, For me, it would be like Jago tell the truth um, and he always had my best intentions um, and he he like really wanted me to succeed and he was there to help me succeed in the good times and the bad times so for me it would be that so the truth really speaks out to you yeah yeah same good good I know we've asked you a lot of questions like this podcast uh, what's one question you wish we asked you oh wow that's a difficult one One question you wish. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that question. Um, <laughs> Purple. <laughs> um, maybe. I don't know how to answer. What I think of Maryland, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really what you wanted to ask? No, no, no. It wasn't. <laughs> I feel like it was a deeper question that you wish you had. Okay, a deeper question. Um, it'd probably be like, do you think that enjoyment, like as a young player, I think it's not really a question, but it's a point that I want to make. Um, it's kind of a response to the question that I would have, us if you ask this would be like is it worth compromising enjoyment to enjoyment for thousands of players and therefore like once they get a bit older the cream will rise to the top or like punishing them and pushing them from a young age and trying to get that development from such a young age so that the cream you'll get I think you'll get less like rise to the top through that and I think there's a real problem with um, coaches that kind of make it about themselves and they they want to be the one that finds the player and then they're pushing people to find the player. Whereas I think there needs to be a better attitude um, with coaches about, it's not about me, it's about the players and about making sure they develop and making sure they enjoy it while they develop because I, do, I think I've met a lot of coaches that make it too much about himself, um, which I know is difficult because it is obviously about you too. But I think for me, um, I think that's one message that I would say to coaches. Um, so possibly maybe flipping back to you guys um, would be like, it is about you, but it's it's about the players and making sure they get, they they get like the best. Like, they become yeah. the best. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, leave, we'll, we'll leave it on there. We'll <laughs> it wasn't a question, but it was a statement. We'll yeah, it. a statement. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he did ask the question. He said, was it, is it, um, what would you say? Is it, yeah. is it worth you know, yeah. compromising their, their yeah. happiness and their youth for your basically, egotistical needs and wants. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you for explaining that. All right, guys. This is our episode for today. And you can find us. Oh, actually, hold up. Tell them where they can find you. Jacob? Me? Sorry. <laughs> uh, future future elite soccer. No, no, no. Oh, where they can find you? Where they can find oh. you? <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for the time. My bad. My bad. 
Um, you can follow me on Instagram, Jago Lot. Connect on LinkedIn, um, Jago Lot as well. Okay. All socials. And Lot is L O T T. L O T T. Yeah. Oh, and also I see that you make highlights too. So, you want oh, you do? Yeah. Nice man. Nice. Yeah, you want to shout? You want to shout that out too? Yeah, and no, I make highlights. Um, soccerhighlightreels.com. Hit me up if you want some highlights too. Awesome. Right, and you can find us on all platforms YouTube, TikTok. Where else? Pitch Demetrius. Instagram, Spotify. Oh, all podcast platforms, yes, everywhere. 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 So, all right, guys, Coach Dimitri, you have one anything else to say? Um, thank you for coming in and you know sharing your knowledge and what you think coaches could do better. And thank you for letting the people know about you. And yeah, I hope to see you on on the big screen too as well soon. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's really enjoyable talking to you guys. Coach Parson, you have anything else to say? Yeah, I mean, Jacob, just like Dimitri said, wishing the best for you and really happy that we got to meet up. And this is the first time I'm actually meeting you in uh, virtually, actually. So hopefully one day we can actually meet in person, set some sessions up. And I mean, you talk about sports psychology. I'm a huge fan of that. So maybe we can talk more about that down the road. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, sure. if you enjoyed this lovely episode, make sure you give it a five star feedback review on the podcast platforms and also share this with someone who truly needs to see this i know a lot of people would appreciate this episode it was a very good one so yeah definitely share this with others and yeah have a great day the last thing i want to say is elite take action peace